0: Welcome to the third episode of The Voice of V. I am V.L. Kaysen, or V for short. Today's topics, assumptions and how they prevent us from participating in productive discourse. Also, book publishing and how I'm getting started. Cotton candy thoughts. I told you I'd get back to them from last week's episode. And some bonus things at the end. So, assumptions. Back in 2009, I watched a TEDx talk on YouTube, titled "The Danger of a Single Story." The speaker's name was Shuma, Manda Ungazi Adiche. Let me say that again, because I don't want any disrespect. Shuma. Manda Ungazi Adiche, Ms. Adiche, is a Nigerian writer and speaker who explains that if we only hear about a people, place, or situation from one point of view, we risk accepting one experience as the whole truth. That speech has stuck with me ever since hearing it for the first time. I have listened to it repeatedly throughout the years and have recently read one of her books. I encourage you to find and listen to her speech and check out her books. Just search for the story title and you will find it. Her speech on YouTube has over 10 million views, so it will not be difficult to find. Now what does that have to do with assumptions? Maybe nothing. But this speech comes to mind when I think about how we perceive a person based on knowing one thing about them. We witness or hear one thing and we know them. We think we know everything. Now that is not to say that one action will tell you all you need to know. For that is something entirely different, and I will get into that next week. I am talking about discourse on issues and how we immediately become defensive When we do not hear exactly what we want to hear and make a conscious decision to shut down because we know this person has no common ground for us to have any helpful discussion. We place them into a categorical box of our making. And while we may be at opposite ends of the spectrum on a particular issue, we may share common ground on another. Now you say, well, that issue is all I care about. If we disagree, there's nothing to discuss. This is part of the problem, and why nothing gets done and little progress is made in our society. We turn our backs on the voices of others because we see them as so opposed to ourselves that we miss out on the whole person. There are numerous polls, stacks of research, and voices of people that prove that most people do not fit neatly into a box of beliefs and ideals. I know I don't. Throughout each of our lives, we tend to shift back and forth across a spectrum of ideas. Why? Our perspectives, experiences, wishes, and needs ebb and flow because life. Bad things happen. Good things happen. We have children. We lose children. We get sick someone we love gets sick we get promoted we get fired we move we grow we fail we lose parents we witness we see we read we learn but most of all we take all of those things and we form who we are as a person when it comes to most political issues the biggest hurdle i see is our inability to understand that the human condition does not always allow for yes or no answers to most questions. Think about how a witness on the stand in a courtroom is faced with questions. The tactic of attorneys asking yes or no question is by design. It is about controlling the conversation. I am not a legal expert, so I will not go any further with that. But what I am getting at is, how often have you seen this play out on even, say, a TV drama series, and you can almost hear yourself in your head saying, but it's not that simple. It's frustrating, isn't it? And yet, this is how we conduct ourselves in conversations on the issues most important in our society we fail to listen, we fail to understand that there are reasons based on lived experience that can and do influence where we stand. Does that mean that one is more important than another? Of course not. But it means there is a need for compromise, understanding, and education. If practiced by people in a society, those three things go a long way to solving many of our problems. I will discuss where I stand on several issues in the coming weeks. First, I intend to show myself as one who does not fit into a neat little box. From there, I hope to promote deep thought, a willingness to listen, and provide a means to greater understanding, to lessen the division among so many of us. Until then, please think about what I've said and do yourself a huge favor, go find that TED Talk. It's incredible. After all these years, I cannot tell you how many times the memory of that speech s- pops in my head and how many times I can apply it to so many things in life. Okay, second topic. Ah, deep breaths. That was a little heavy. We're going to lighten up now. Book publishing and how I'm getting started. I did something this week I am so excited about. I published my first book. Writing a book is something I inspire to do one day, and this week I took a step in that direction with a low-content book. Despite the description of low-content, I believe this book fills a much-needed niche and will be highly beneficial. The book is titled, The Caregiver's Companion. I have spent the last six years as a full-time cancer caregiver. Last summer, my mom was diagnosed with brain cancer and she became the second under my care until her passing a couple of months after her diagnosis. I continue to be that caregiver to my partner I am not a medical professional, save completing and passing emergency medical technician training about 10 years ago. However, I have learned a great deal through this process and decided to produce a book that I believe is helpful for anyone who finds themselves in the position of caring for someone in their time of need. Being a caregiver can be an overwhelming experience. And one of the ways to lessen some of the daily stress is to streamline tasks. Being organized helps not only the caregiver, but also the patient in your care. Therefore, I deliberately formatted this book in a convenient size with easy-to-fill-in tables for the most common day-to-day needs. In addition, there's a page up front for names, numbers, and other information that's needed all the time. There are medication tables for all the information and room to grow as needs change. The book continues as a daily journal of facing pages, two for each day, including a list of things to do like calls, appointments, prescription refills, and requests from the patient. Now let me just pause right there. I should note here, I use the word patient as a generic term even though the person you care for could be a child, a parent, a partner, a friend. The word patient covers whoever is in your care. Now continuing on with those daily pages. There is a tabled section for blood pressure, heart rate, oxygen readings, and another table for temperature and an area for measuring for putting down weights. The next section lists physical, emotional, and pain information expressed by the patient and a note section. This is done with easy to circle words for speed and consistency. There's a section for activities of daily living such as personal care, toileting, mean, meals, and other information so that notes can be made regarding what is done, where there might be challenges, any changes, all that along with a note section. There is a sleeping and resting notes area as well. Along with that, a notes for the day section. Nice place to sort of summarize the day as a whole before moving to the next. There is an important question at the end of each day for the caregiver themselves, and it's key. The caregiver must always consider themselves each day and not forget to take care of themselves as well. From experience, I can tell you that if you carry this book to appointments, it will provide a wealth of information for physicians and nurses. Keeping that updated list of medications always placed up front will save the medical staff so much time. Having an up-to-date medication list will always, always be important. Despite the use of electronic medical records, there is always a chance of something being missed especially if your person is under the care of multiple providers or multiple hospital systems. It happens. Trust me. The book contains 144 pages, which I did by design. It's a decent size without being too cumbersome, can be easily carried, will cover 10 weeks of entries, and keeps the price affordable. If you fill one up, and perhaps you need another, I hope you find it useful enough to pick up another one and continue using. The book is currently under review by Amazon and should be available this week. I will be sharing it once available on the various socials as well as on my website. If this sounds like something you or someone you know may find useful, please pass this information along. Again, it is called The Caregiver's Companion and it's under my name VL Kaysen. Once the leak is known, I will be adding it to my link tree under books. And now, that brings us to our final topic. If you listened to last week's episode, I promised that I would revisit the cotton candy topic. Well, (laughs) to recap, my last trip to the grocery store Resulted in a cotton candy purchase. You know, the first impulse section that you encounter is not the one at the register. Oh no, oh no. It's the one at the front door. I see the ones at the front door as the most dangerous. They're the ones that catch you before you can get your list out and focus on the matters of meal planning. It's dangerous and difficult to put the item back once you are well into the store full of regret. But I digress. The grab was Dr. Pepper cotton candy. Yep, you heard that right. I do not buy Dr. Pepper or any other carbonated sugary drinks unless I'm dining out or going on a long road trip. I simply cannot be surrounded by so much sugar anymore. It is just too tempting. Period. I opened this bag and the smell of sugary bliss hit me. That smell that takes you back to the fair. Only this one smells like you just jumped into a pool of Dr. Pepper. Wow. I grabbed a bite with a fork and popped it in my mouth. Wait, yes, I said fork. I could not deal with the sticky. I'm not five. Don't judge. When I say it was yummy, oh my goodness, dangerous, dangerous yummy. This is the very reason I cannot keep sugary drinks in the house, soda or pop, whichever is your word. As I stared into the bag, instead of anticipation for the next bite, an advertisement popped into my head Pink Panther. Talking Owens Corning Insulation. No shade to Owens Corning or the Pink Panther. And no, Owens Corning did not sponsor this podcast. You know, I have to say that. And Mr. Panther did not call either. When I say this stuff looked like insulation, I am not even kidding. All cotton candy looks like this when it's stuffed into a bag. It only looks like fairy hair when it's on the end of a paper cone at the fair. But this stuff really looked like it. That color and the stuffed roll. in Was all I could think of during the next couple of bites. A week later, over half the bag remains. And it's only a three ounce bag. It wasn't cheap either. So as I said last week... I won't buy it again. You got me once, but not again. Okay, that's enough of your time spent on cotton candy. Here's some extras for the, for the end of the podcast. If you're still listening, here are some fun things about me. I love coffee. Yep, I love coffee. And I know I'm not alone. My daily driver is pour-over style. I've been drinking, this, this, drinking pour-over style this way since spending a year traveling and being part of the van life community from 2018 to 2019. Travel is a great educator and important even in the middle of a cancer fight. You must do things before they are not possible. Life is too short. At some point, I may touch on that year of travel with my partner in a future episode. It was a good time it was a fun year saw a lot met a lot of cool people and it was a great experience i wouldn't trade it for anything i'm very grateful to have gotten that chance something else i love pizza steak ran a close tie but pizza is so versatile that it won the fight I'm also finding that the older I get, the more I am leaning into the vegetarian menu. So, steak's going to disappear. But pizza? Pizza can remain. Something else I love? And I know. March Madness. What can I say? College basketball's finest are in this show and 95% of the games are an absolute blast to watch. I know the tournament recently ended not too long ago. But one of my teams won it all, and I am still in the moment. Still in my feels. Besides, it's never too early to get ready for the next one. Again, don't judge. I'm currently reading three books, with the 1619 Project being the newest. I love the outdoors, baseball caps, music, fidgets, and cats. Who I am is a photographer and writer, evolving with the times by starting a podcast. I would really love to hear from you, the listener. Comments, questions, suggestions, feedback, whatever. Drop me a note at thevoiceofvpodcast, that's all one word, thevoiceofvpodcast at gmail.com. Next week, as I said, I'm going to delve more into where I stand on some issues, along with whatever else crosses my mind this upcoming week. Trying to keep these to Sunday episodes. Maybe go to twice a week in the near future. But for now, look for new episodes on Sundays. Keep an eye out for the book. Thank you for listening. Check out the website. And I will see you next week. Peace.